I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Over the past 15 years, I have read over a thousand books on self-development, success, psychology. I even got a PhD in organizational psychology and I've written eight books. And in this video, I'm gonna share with you the core concepts. I'm gonna share with you the truth of what it means to be successful. The first and most powerful truth you will find over and over and over is that success is the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. What do I mean by that? I mean that success has to be defined by you. No one else can define success for you. Success is an inside game. Intrinsic motivation means you're doing what you most believe in, what you most value, what you most want to do. And the difficulty of this is, is that there are so many outside forces, so many outside noises, so many outside voices, and so much outside pressure to succumb. There's so much pressure to essentially fold to the pressures of the world to become a chameleon of what everyone else is doing. And so the first step is to start to block all that out and have the courage to hear your own voice, maybe even hear the voice of your higher power of God, and to start to follow that voice, to do what you most want, to do what you most believe in, to do what you most think is what is your life's purpose, and to start to define that for yourself. That is the first and crucial key, and it takes massive amounts of self-honesty, self-awareness, and commitment and courage to start to block out the noises and opinions of other people, even well-intending people, and realizing that you have your own path. One of my favorite quotes is the idea that we're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. There are so many lesser goals. There are so many outside voices, so many pressures of life, including paying the bills, friends' opinions. There's a concept in psychology called the Pygmalion effect, which basically says that as people, we rise and fall to the expectations of those around us. Why? Because typically as people, we let outside forces dictate who we are. We end up becoming the product of the five people we spend the most time with, which is pretty true, but often we don't even choose those five people. So this is the first key truth. It's the truth that's always true. And it's something that will never be easy. Even if you've done it for a time where you've gone deep into self-honesty, self-awareness, I love the quote, all progress starts by telling the truth. Even when you've gone through a deep phase of deep intrinsic motivation, where you are doing what you most value, what you most believe in, and you're doing it your way, despite the fear of failure, you know, that's a huge aspect of fixed mindset is a fear of failure, fear of other people's opinions. Going for it, even if that means having to let go of, of certain even close relationships because they don't understand and ultimately choosing and living out your purpose and blocking out the outside noise. This highlights a point that Dan Sullivan and I made in this book, our newest book, 10X is Easier Than 2X. Dan made the distinction between wanting and needing that you got to get to the point where you're operating out of want. Because if you're operating out of need, then you're doing what you think you need or what other people think you need or what you think you should be doing. And at the end of the day, it comes down to doing what you most believe in, what you most desire, what you most want. And what you most want is ultimately going to be deeply resonant with your soul. This also hits to the point of freedom. There are two different types of freedom in philosophy. There's freedom from and there's freedom to. Freedom from is the typical way we look at things. It's more external. Freedom from, for example, ignorance, poverty, freedom from all sorts of external challenges. And you can free yourself from all sorts of external factors, but the freedom to peace, no one can give you. You can live in a, essentially 
a, a great environment where you've got a lot of choice, but you actually have to be the one to make that choice. That's freedom too. Freedom too is to actually go for what you most believe in, to do what you most value, to do what you most want. And no one can do that for you. No one will do that for you. That you have to actually conjure up for yourself. And if you have that freedom too, then you can break past pretty much any obstacle. When the why is strong enough, you will find the how. You will find the who's. When you become committed, the universe will conspire to make it happen, but you have to actually choose it. And that is one of the key points of all this. I would say that this is boiling down to the essence. It comes down to intrinsic motivation. It comes down to freedom. It comes to choice. Do you believe in choice or do you believe in chance? Do you believe you have no choice? Do you believe you have no agency? At the end of the day, if you want to be successful, you have to believe in choice. You have to believe that you have choices, that your choices matter, that your choices have an impact, that your choices not only impact you, they literally have an impact on other people and that you can choose your life. In psychology, they call this an internal locus of control. It's the opposite of having an external locus of control where you believe that outside forces ultimately determine who you are and what you have. This creates a victim mentality. So this is, boom, point number one. Do you believe you have choice? Do you believe you can choose your life? Do you believe you can choose what happens to you? Do you believe you can choose what happens? Truth number two about success and reaching basically any level of success you desire, any level of success you want, making quantum leaps, achieving the impossible, becoming an outlier. Truth number two comes fundamentally down to psychology. And in this case, there are four core elements of psychology that are gonna be massive. First, your thoughts. Second, your emotions. Third, your language. Fourth, your identity. There's a famous text by James Allen, As a Man Thinketh, of course, there's Think and Grow Rich. If you go deep into the study of any form of success, a lot of it comes down to your mind and that your mind is a garden and that you're always planting seeds, but whatever you plant is ultimately gonna grow into the fruit of your life. And so you've gotta think about your thinking and ultimately learn to design your thinking, learn to improve upon your thinking, learn to think about what you want. There's another related topic on this in psychology. It's called selective attention. Basically the idea of whatever you focus on expands. So step number one, is learning how to think about the things that you want to create more of and ultimately elevating your thinking. Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. The whole idea of conceiving and believing starts to get to the point of thoughts and emotions. There are three levels of this. First, you have to think about it. You go from thinking to seeing to knowing or even seeing to feeling to knowing. But the first step is seeing. The first step is imagination. The first step is actually utilizing your mind, your imagination as a tool for thinking about the life you want and not limiting what's possible. You wanna develop mastery and skill over your mind, not only what you think about, but the ability to create thoughts with your thinking, to be able to create, become a creator. So truth one is about choice, while truth two is ultimately about creation, becoming a creator. As Stephen Covey said, mental creation precedes physical creation. If you want to build a house, you start with the idea. You start with the blueprint. You create the blueprint. If you want to write a book, you don't just come up with random things. You create it in your mind. You create the outline. You see it. You want a book. You actually start to see things in your mind and then create them in reality. A powerful and fundamental truth about this is, is that thoughts do become things and that whatever you focus on expands. Whatever you think largely about is what you're going to become. Whatever you focus on, you will become. So step number one in this piece of psychology is learning how to master your mind, learning how to mentally create things, and then learning how to take that and creating them in the real world. Just like you would create the blueprint of a house, it starts with an idea, starts with imagination, then it is turning that idea into mental creation, as Covey would say, or even spiritual creation, and then learning how to physically create it. So the second component of the psychology piece, you've got thoughts, and now you've got emotions. And it's starting to realize that as people, our emotions often drive our actions and behaviors. There's a great quote 
that says that you don't see the outside world, you only see your own reaction to it. Dr. David Hawkins perhaps did more work than anyone else on emotional intelligence. He created what he calls the map of consciousness, which shows where you're at as a person in your emotional development. This map goes from 20 shame all the way up to 1000 enlightenment. And anything below 200 on this map is what he would call force emotions or negative emotions. This is where you're essentially operating from a negative emotional place. You're operating from force. You're trying to force things. And this is where you basically over time just create negative results. It's at level 200 on his map, which is courage, where you start making improvement as a person. You shift from what he would call force up to power. And I, this goes right back to the whole idea of all progress starts by telling the truth. It takes courage to start stripping away the outside voices and starting to listen to your own voice and start doing what you want. So courage is the starting point of all transformation. And his map goes up, up, and up. One of the things that Hawkins found on this map, and he studied literally hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people on this map, is, is that 80% of the population operate between fear and anger on this map. I believe this is somewhere ballpark 120 to 150 on this map. So you know, most people are not going to spend a lot of time being courageous. Most people are lying to themselves. They're not honest with themselves. And they're not ultimately going up to the higher levels of acceptance and then getting to a place of peace and getting to a place of operating from love and enlightenment. Most people are operating out of fear where everything they do is to avoid what they don't want. They're afraid of rocking the boat. They're not operating from courage or anger. And so one of the other things that he found in doing his study, which I think is very fascinating, is that the average person throughout their entire life only goes up by five points on this scale. So what that means is, is that most people throughout their entire life are fundamentally driven by either anger or fear, and sometimes even by lower things like shame, grief. The reason is, is because most people don't learn from their experiences. Most people are repeating their experiences over and over and over again. There's a great quote on this that says that lessons are repeated until they're learned. There are no mistakes in life, only lessons, but lessons are repeated until they're learned. And most people would rather cling to their, like their current view. They'd rather cling to their story, cling to their identity, rather than have that shattered, rather than be open to newness, rather than being open to new ideas, open to change, and ultimately gaining wisdom, knowledge, and perspective. Most people would rather hold to the safety net, the security blanket, the comfort zone of their current story, their current ideas, their current identity. Emotional development and spiritual development are essentially the same thing. It's learning how to respond rather than react. If you want to do any form of deep work, if you want to become successful, if you want to overcome obstacles, you have to get good at essentially becoming what Nassim Taleb would call anti-fragile. Anti-fragile is very similar to what would be called psychologically flexible. Becoming psychologically flexible means that you can handle difficult emotions without being destroyed by them. Instead, instead you're kind of like an elastic. You can be stretched. You can handle difficult emotions. You can handle difficult situations. And rather than quickly responding, you observe yourself and you learn how to move forward properly in a thoughtful, powerful way. Now, obviously, no one's perfect. We all go through challenges. I think parenting, in my case, is a great a great example of, of catching myself over and over and over uh, reacting in a negative way. But a beautiful part about this is the concept of reframing. And this fits with psychological flexibility. Even if you made a mistake or whatnot, you get to reframe that. You get to go back in large part, fix it with new understanding. For example, apologizing. So it's totally up to you how quickly you take an experience, whether it's a trauma or whether it's your own mistake or accident and, and how long it takes to fix it. The amount of time it takes to take a, a, a negative emotional experience or a negative reaction on your part, the amount of time it takes to fix that is what's called a refractory period. Sometimes we go through a hard experience and the refractory period extends for honestly weeks, months, or even years or decades where we are caught in the same story. 
something bad happens, and then we continue to blame our present on the past. This brings up a massively important point in psychology, that it's not the past that determines the present, it's always the present that determines the meaning of the past. Our memories are not a retrieval, they're a reconstruction. And so it's in the present that you shape and determine the meaning of the past. And the more you take agency of your life, the more you create, you frame your past in a way that empowers you rather than disables you. Even going through challenging things, they call it post-traumatic growth, because you actually approach it, you don't avoid it, and you practically shape the meaning of it in such a way that you're grateful for it and you can use it. You can use it in the present and the future. Therefore, you're turning your past into an asset rather than a liability. This is a crucial insight that it's always the present that determines the meaning of the past, not the past that determines the meaning of the present. Really quick, I wanna give you a gift that will help you make success a lot more inevitable. I created a peak state checklist that will show you how to eliminate distractions, get extreme clarity, and live in a peak state on a daily basis. You can get that free peak state checklist by clicking the link down below or by just going to peakstatechecklist.com. The third piece of this psychology section is language. Language is such a huge aspect of success, learning how to speak success into existence. There's a great quote that says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, it becomes your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. The next layer of thoughts and emotions is words, is language. This is why journaling is such a powerful thing, is writing your thoughts down on paper, expressing your emotions. This is why journaling is such a crucial aspect of not only uh, mental development in terms of imagination, creativity, but also emotional development. There's so much research on the idea of just writing in your journal, writing down your emotions, getting them out, seeing them from a new angle, contextualizing them, writing them in a story, and ultimately freeing yourself from your emotions. In the book, The Three Laws of Performance, the authors make the case that our language is actually what shapes our view of our future. They call it the default future. And if you really listen to the language of most people, it's very fascinating how most people talk. Most people's language is very complaining, and you can see in their language, their thoughts, their feelings, what they're focused on, you can see that their language is disabling them rather than enabling them. So ultimately, your language is what shapes your life. Your language is what shapes your views. It's what shapes your view of your future. Your language is what shapes your story. Your language is what shapes your energy and emotions. You can get very powerful at using words and speaking in such a way that you create the success you want. You can use your language to create positive emotions. You can use your language in a lot of ways to create great experiences. Your words are so powerful you want to use them in a powerful way. And so when you catch yourself speaking in a low, negative way, you want to catch yourself because it's your words that are actually shaping largely your experience. Your words shape your experience. They shape your perception. And so use words in a powerful way. Use words to create the life you want. Use words to create the day you want. One of my favorite psychologists, his name is BJ Fogg. He wrote a great book called Tiny Habits, and he has a habit he calls the Maui habit. And this is the idea that when he gets out of bed, every time he puts his feet on the floor, he says, it's going to be a great day. And so he's, every day, he's, he's done that. He's essentially combined these two habits of feet hitting the floor and saying, it's going to be a great day. And now he's priming himself. He's prepping himself. He's framing his day in a positive. And by using that language, he's now setting himself up to see more and more of that. Your language largely shapes your selective attention. And so BJ, when he hits the floor and he says, it's going to be a great day, now his mind is ultimately looking for evidence of doing that. And he's going to create that self-fulfilling prophecy. So you can use language to create a great day. You can use language to create your identity. You can use language to create positive success, positive environments. You can use success to fix problems. You can also use success to heal negative situations, apologizing, saying, I love you. The most powerful words in life are, I'm sorry, I love you, and thank you. And using those as much as possible. We all make mistakes. So say you're sorry. Don't, you don't have to have pride. You don't have to have ego. 
say, say I love you, and ultimately say thank you. Thank you goes such a huge way. All right, so the final piece of psychology ultimately comes down to identity. Your identity is the story that you're living out as a person. This is probably one of the most crucial truths of life and also the most crucial truths of success is that as people, we are living through a story. This is one of the most fundamental truths about life and about success. Honestly, just about psychology is, is that every single person is living life through a story. There's a broader story that they're telling about the meaning of life as a whole, but there's also a more specific story about who they are, whether they're a hero, whether they're a villain. Also, we have stories about other people, whether they're people in our life and whether there are people in our past that are either heroes or villains. We all live in a story. By the way, you can't escape this. You have a story about reality. I have a story. I believe in God. I believe we lived with God before we came here. We chose to come here. This life is essentially an education and that we get to continue on after this life and that it's about choice. It's about education. We all live in a story, but also you live through the story of your identity. Your identity is how you frame yourself. It's the story you have for yourself. It's the narrative. There's an entire field of psychology on this called the theory of narrative identity. And, and this fits with language. It fits with thoughts, emotions, and language that you have a story for your past. You have a story for your present and you also have a story for your future. So your identity is two things. It's your story, but it's also your standards. And your standard is that which you say yes and no to. And your standard is essentially the filter through which you live. You can know your standards by what you say yes to. We all have a standard and standard is a commitment. And so one of the core definitions of identity, and it hits these two points, is, is that it's the narrative or the story you have of yourself. It's your self-image, but it's also that which you're most committed to as a person. And you, you can also know what you're committed to by what you say yes to. And to essentially evolve your identity, you do two things. You change the story, meaning you change the frame, you ch and you hopefully operate from your future self, but also you change the standard. You change what you're committed to. It always starts with commitment. Commitment, then courage. Courage comes after commitment. You've got to commit to a new standard, and that can be pretty dang intense. And especially if you've raised the standard above uh, anything you've ever done before, if you raise the standard and commit to it, then ultimately you've got to start saying no to things that are now below that standard. You got to start saying no to things your past self said yes to, and you start operating from your future self. You let your future self be the standard. And this goes straight back to truth number one, that only you decide who your future self is. Only you decide what success is. This comes back to intrinsic motivation and letting your future self call the shots rather than the outside world. The third and final truth about success is, is that the impossible can be achieved and that the people who become successful achieve the impossible again and again and again. There's a great book on this topic from Richard Koch. He's one of my favorite authors and thinkers. It's called Unreasonable Success. And in that book, he details the lives of people who are not only successful, but unreasonably successful. These are people who literally change the course of the world. And so one of the things he talked about, he talked about a few levels, a few key concepts of these people. But one of the things he talked about is that every one of these people had what he called a breakout success. Like this is something that they achieved something that opened up massive doors and it was a seemingly impossible achievement. And so this is ultimately something that comes down to becoming successful is you have to actually create unreasonable success. You have to actually create a breakthrough result in life. You can't just, it can't just be in your mind. You actually have to achieve what would be considered impossible. It might not be considered impossible to other people, but it seems impossible from your current situation. And this comes straight back down to everything we've talked about in truth one and truth two, that you got to do something that you most desire, you most want regardless of what it looks like to other people and then learning how to master your mind, master your emotions, master your language, master your identity. And you can even couple all of that with faith, commitment, and prayer. You get to the point where you can start to achieve things that 
do seem impossible. And this is going to be an individual game. What seems impossible for you may not be impossible for someone else. I remember for me as an example, when I grew up, I had a really tough situation and me even just getting to college, let alone graduating from a really good college and then getting into a PhD program, all of this would have been viewed as impossible uh, if you had seen where I was at in high school. I barely graduated from high school. I had a really challenging, rough situation for quite a while. And it honestly comes down to accomplishing the impossible again and again and again and operating from vision, operating from faith, and, and then when the why is strong enough, you will find the how. When you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. I mean, it ultimately comes down to that. It comes down to not worrying about the odds, not worrying about what other people think, but, it, but committing to it and then ultimately finding the way, creating the way. Mental creation precedes physical creation, going to the process and doing it for some deep why, doing it for some deep reason. You study Viktor Frankl in, book, in the book Man's Search for Meaning, he'll say the same thing. You got to have some goal that maybe even seems impossible, but that goal gives your life meaning. It gives your life hope. It gives you purpose. It gives you resilience. It gives you a reason to move on. Truth number three ultimately comes down to you actually have to accomplish stuff that makes you an outlier. <laughs> like it, it, you can't just put it on paper. It can't just be in your head. You actually have to start creating unreasonable success. You have to actually create impossible achievements, whatever that means to you. And it's going to be relative to you, but over time you will become an outlier and you can achieve the impossible again and again. I can attest to that. I've done it many times. And I, I fundamentally, even as a psychologist, I don't believe in SMART goals. Uh, yes, I believe goals should be specific. I believe they should be measurable, um, time-bound. But I don't think that they should be uh, reasonable or realistic. I think that anyone who uh, is wildly successful, they don't go for what is reasonable. They want to test their outer boundaries. And this is something I want to do. And I actually have gotten to the point where I pursue impossible goals even on 90-day timeframes. And so I think a 90-day time frame is such a powerful amount of time to transform your life. And you can go for goals that you think are impossible. One of the benefits of going for something you think is impossible is, is that you don't know how to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, what that means is that you're no longer operating from your past assumptions. Also, really, really big goals, and there's research on this in constraint theory, really, really big goals, most things you're doing right now won't get you there. If you're going for linear progress, then there's like a thousand ways to get there. There's a thousand ways to grow your income by 10%. There's maybe one or two to grow your income by 10 times in a certain like genre. And so going for impossible goals forces you to be a lot more honest. It forces you to use the future as the filter rather than letting the present dictate the future. So that is the final point. And I think one thing I'll add to that comes down to Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, that good is the enemy of great. And you can be good at a thousand things, but to be great, you ultimately have to get fully committed. You have to fully commit to that which you most want. We're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. The world outside, uh, there's going to be a million influences. There's going to be a million reasons and internal and external to not go for what you most deeply want, to not have that intrinsic motivation, to not ultimately make the choice. It comes down to choice and then it comes down to psychology and it comes down to results. The final piece is results, creating impossible, unreasonable results and then doing it again and again and again. You can't just do it once. Oftentimes people will succeed once and then that success, as Greg McEwen has said, becomes the catalyst for future failures. There's an amazing book on this subject called Peaks and Valleys. And in that book, Spencer Johnson talks about how even if people get onto a peak, you know, they actually do create amazing success, often because once they're on that peak, they start doing stupid things that then create valleys in their future. Uh, oftentimes, success leads to failure because you get overconfident, you get complacent, uh, you stop using the future as the tool. Again, success is being true to your future self. It's being true to what you most believe in. It's being true to that purpose inside your heart. It's being true to, you know, your, you know, your thinking, your feeling, and then your knowing, and then ultimately getting to a place of knowing. And it's something to continuously work on. It's a beautiful thing. And it is about ultimately 
doing something that is significant, doing something that you believe to be important, not for your own legacy, but because you, you just want to do it so much. You just believe in it. You want to do it. It's what you would want to do. All right. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I hope you enjoyed this. If you haven't done it yet, please grab 10X is Easier Than 2X, my third book with Dan Sullivan. Please like, please subscribe. Also down below, you can actually get this book if you're in the United States for free on Kindle uh, at the link down below, futureself.com uh, forward slash 10X free. And so I hope you enjoyed this. Have an amazing day.